This is Cruise Radio. If this whole thing we're going through right now has taught us anything, it is to always have travel insurance. Get a quote today at tripinsurance.com. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Very happy to have you here, my friend. Sherry Laskin is here with Cruise News. Also going to take a week break from a ship review. I mean, because let's face it, none of us have been on a ship since, well, for me, since February, but some of us even longer than that because we've had our sailings canceled and axed. So uh, Richard Sims is going to stop by just to have a, you know, a little cruise chat, I guess we'll call it here with Richard Sims here shortly. Before we get to Sherry, uh, I've been trying something new and uh, I don't know if I'm going to go full on with it or um, it's right now it's in the, I guess we'll call it beta. Um, I'm doing the video news briefs from my studio. So the cruise radio news briefs that you hear seven days a week, I've been doing them a few days a week on video as well. And if you follow on Twitter at cruise radio, you can catch them there. Or if you're a member of our cruise radio news Facebook group, I'm also publishing it there daily as well. Not quite sure if I'm going full on with it or not. Still kind of beta testing and uh, that kind of stuff. So uh, we'll see what happens there. All right. Sherry Laskin is here with cruise news. Hello, Sherry. Hey, Doug. So one cruise line is exploring the legalities of only having vaccinated guests on board. Yep. So Frank Del Rio, he's the CEO for Norwegian Cruise Line Holdings. He's considering the idea that passengers should have some sort of, I guess you can call it like an immunity passport. And in it, it would state whether or not they've had the virus or if they, if they have had the vaccine. And this would be required in order to sail on any of the company's three cruise lines, which is what, Norwegian, Oceana, and Region. Mm -hmm. And he went on to say that all crew members will be required to have the vaccine, although this idea is being looked at to determine if it's really actually enforceable and if it's legal. So NCL has canceled all departures for, obviously, Norwegian Cruise Line, Oceana, and Regent through at least February. It's going to take that long for everybody to get up to speed with the framework from the CDC. And most likely, according to Del Rio, March departures will be postponed as well. And another Carnival ship is bound for the U.S. Yeah, so Carnival Panorama is on its way back to North America. The ship has been spending time offshore in Panama City, Panama, not Florida, and is scheduled to arrive in Long Beach, California, hopefully about December 22nd of this year. Panorama made Carnival history last year as the first new ship to home port in California in 20 years. And no word yet as to when the ship might resume cruises, but it will be back in California. And Virgin Voyages has pushed back the restart of not one, but both of their vessels. That's right. So Virgin Voyages has once again changed the inaugural date for their first ship, Scarlet Lady. The launch of Virgin's second ship, Valiant Lady, has been extended until fall. And the latest Scarlet Lady debut date was changed to January 3rd of next year. But now they push it forward to May 9th of 2021. And for Valiant Lady, the original date to debut for that ship was May of 21 in Europe, but that's been scrubbed. And instead, the ship is uh, going to skip the med season entirely and just cruise straight away over to Port Miami in November. And they're predicting November 14th of 2021. 
And after a botched attempt to sell cruise ship cabins, one company is now just leasing them. Yeah, so after a failed attempt to turn the MS Satoshi into a condo-type liveaboard ship, the owner of the 30-year-old former P&O vessel decided to make this a per diem and a rental ship instead. Nightly rates begin at 88 bucks for an inside stateroom, and it goes all the way up to $885 a night if you want to purchase a four-person suite. If you're looking for a longer stay, you can get a one-year lease on an inside stateroom at about $1,300 a month. If you want to go for a balcony, that'll be a little bit over $2,700 a month. If you don't want a full year, well, they'll do a six-month lease as well. So following a dry dock in Gibraltar, MS Satoshi will head towards Greece, where it's going to anchor offshore of an island called Taboga, which is a popular tourist destination. And anyone who's on the ship that wants to go ashore, they're going to run shuttles back and forth. That's creative. I'll give them that. I mean, you know, you could like go down to Sanford, Florida, you know, just outside of Orlando and rent a houseboat for the night on Airbnb for like $85. So that's kind of cool, I guess. I mean, it's a different dynamic, though, right? Because you're renting the space, but these rooms don't have kitchens. So you're like kind of forced to buy the uh, the food on the cruise ship. Yeah, nothing is included like on a regular cruise. So mm-hmm. you can either purchase room service or purchase your, your meals in the dining room. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, I mean, it's, a, it's an interesting concept and they're trying to salvage what they can out of the whole, mm-hmm. the whole program. So we'll see what happens. One cruise line is basically adding a money back guarantee. Yeah. Princess cruises has started a new program that they call the princess promise. So if an onboard service doesn't meet with a passenger's expectations, princess is going to offer compensation and they're going to do this in a variety of ways, which includes a refund, onboard credits, future cruise credits, or maybe something else. They also have their Book with Confidence program, and that gives guests the option to alter their vacation plans up to 30 days before departure. Um, and then on top of that, they've added, you know, so they're trying to cover every way to get your money back. There's the Princess Vacation Protection, which is really their insurance that you buy. Um, And if you have to cancel that, you'll either get a future cruise credit or get reimbursed for your non-refundable cancellation fee, depending on your reason for canceling. It's got to be a covered reason. And finally, Princess isn't scheduled to begin sailing until at least April of 2021. Interesting concept, but they're certainly not the first to do it. Remember uh, back, what, probably five or six, seven years ago, Carnival rolled out that best vacation guarantee. I think it was actually the, uh, after the Carnival Triumph incident where if you didn't like your cruise within the first uh-huh. what was it, 24 to 48 hours, they would fly you home from the next port of call and give you a complete uh-huh. refund. Yeah, so that's interesting. They did do that. Um, I think I think they narrowed it from 48 hours after departure down to 24. And I don't know how long that program last uh, was in effect. Yeah, not sure either. Listener question from Gavin in Wyoming. Our cruise was canceled, but we'll still be in Port Canaveral for four days anyway. This is our first time ever in Florida. Any suggestions to help recreate a cruise-type experience? Hi, Gavin. And I see you are from... Wyoming. So this will be a little bit of a culture shock, although we do have horses in the middle of the state. Um, So if you're going to have four days over here on the Space Coast, when you land at the airport, I would suggest getting a rental car. You're almost going to have to do that. Uh, If you can stay somewhere, do you want to create a cruise type experience? That means probably staying somewhere near the beach, um, which would be like Cocoa Beach or Cape Canaveral, or even a little further south in Melbourne Beach is lovely. 
for things to do, some of the cruises, when they come through here and stop for the day, passengers get off and they go to the Kennedy Space Center. Some go to spend a day at Disney. I don't know if that's your thing. There's always the gambling boat over at Port Canaveral, and they've got all sorts of um, health protocols in place. Uh, you can always just hang out at the beach in front of your hotel. And if you're really lucky, I don't know what dates you're traveling, there might even be a rocket launch um, for, for some lesser known activities to sort of get the Florida experience. You can drive down to Sebastian Inlet and you can rent a pontoon boat and just putt putt down the river. That's kind of a nice thing to do. It's a lovely way to spend the day. Uh, up in Cocoa Beach, they have a, if I can say this right, a bioluminescence kayak trip. Um, which is in the evening, and not a lot of people know about that. A lot of locals do that one. You can always go to the Brevard Zoo, and they have a treetop trek, uh, one of those, um, you know, where you uh, zip line and you and the ropes program and all that. Um, there's not, you know, I hate to be, I hate to say anything negative, but finding really great places to eat around here, it's kind of, you know, they're good, but they're not great. But there's a lot of. Um, Local flavor and Doug, you know this place, Dixie Cro- Dixie uh, Dixie Crossing. Yeah, I was going right? to be mad if you didn't say that, Dixie Crossroads. Crossroads, yeah. You can tell I've never been there. <laughs> Twenty years here, and I still haven't driven the ten miles to get there. But so um, you know, if you're if you're coming down here, you really don't. If you're flying into uh, Orlando, which is what I think you're going to be doing, um, you know, do you really want to drive four hours down to Miami? I don't know. I would just head over the Space Coast relax here. It's really sort of like old Florida. It's real low key and enjoy what we have over here. Um, but you know, that kayak trip is really cool. I've talked to a couple of people that have done it and they thought it was awesome. And if you want to have fun, yeah, if you want to recreate that, uh, cruise experience, I will say, I mean, obviously you're, you're comfortable flying and everything. So why not check out that victory, uh, was it victory casino cruises? I believe it's called. My buddy Richard and I did it a couple of months ago, and it was just like four or five hours out there. It's so relaxing. But you were seeing all these ships in Anchorage, and like, gosh, I wish I was on those ships instead. But it was still <laughs> nice, like getting three miles offshore, got the ocean air kicking, you have some cold drinks flowing. Um, if you want to do the casino thing, that's inside too. Like you said, the protocols are in place. I felt 100% safe there. So yeah, that's a really cool thing to recreate the cruise experience. Have uh, one more question that just came in, Sherry. Uh, it's from Roger. He said, Hey, Doug, I'm an avid listener to Cruise Radio and Cruise Radio News every day. I've been on over 40 cruises. My favorite cruise line is Holland America. I'm hearing no news about what HAL is doing to satisfy the CDC requirements so they can restart cruising. We are booked on the Koningsdam, uh, what, April 10th of 21. Have you heard anything? Thank you, Roger. Yeah, hi, Roger. Um, you know, you are absolutely right. There has not been, they're keeping a really low profile about getting you know, all the protocols in place and following the CDC framework for return to cruising. Um, They have canceled everything until March 31st. And again, according to um, what I've read, and unless it changes, all the cruise lines are going to have to spend 60 days gearing up to start cruising again. And that's with the trial cruises. You know, they do all the, the, um, run-throughs and the, and to see if they are up to speed for if there is something that happens. So you're absolutely right. Um, their website does have a little more information. I'm sure you've seen it, but if you ha- if someone hasn't seen it, just go to holandamerica.com and at the top, it has little links that you can go to get more detailed 
information about what they are planning to do. There's no time frame mentioned. If for your Koningsdam, eh, I, you know, don't be disappointed if it's canceled. Um, better safe than sorry. And, you know, everybody's going to have to work really hard and quick to get things in order in order to start cruising in April. It is still early. Yeah, I don't know. You know, yeah. I've taken the Koningsdam and Roger, y- your name sounds familiar, <laughs> but um, I've, I've done the Koningsdam in April on um, back and forth, you know, going, I'm mean, sorry, going over to Europe. Um, and there's a lot that has to be done. So I don't know, just hang in there. It'll all come back. It's just going to take some time. I was uh, so Roger's probably a fellow. Uh, what, what is it? The Mariner Mariner Club. Yeah, huh? yeah Mariner. Yeah. yeah, he's got forty know. cruises. We, maybe we've sat at the same table together. Yeah, you, I don't you know. never know. I was also going to say, Sherry, the reason why we haven't been talking about the smaller brands as much as the big ones because they've been kind of keeping a low profile, right? Because they only have a limited number of ships where Carnival, Royal Caribbean, Norwegian have a lot. So they're always pumping out information constantly, whether it's cancellations or updates. Yeah, you know, since they're under the Carnival umbrella, most of these are. Yeah. um, You know, they they don't really have to stand out there on their own. They will have to follow whatever protocols, I would imagine, are in place. We'll have to see what happens there. But yeah, they've been quiet. Sherry Laskin from CruiseMaven.com. Haven't asked you this in a while. How are things going over there at Cruise Maven? What's new? Not too much. No. Trying to, uh, are you just saying this so I, you can get the timing right or what? I'm not constrained to any times. So I'm not on the FM radio dial anymore. So I'm just asking <laughs> you what's going on at your site. I mean, for the listeners, do you have any new articles up or any new features? Absolutely. Um, I do have some new articles up. I am trying to focus less on the major ships and more on river cruising and smaller ships and trains. I'm a big train fan. Been a, been, been a big train fan since I was 12 years old and my parents said, sent me out on my own <laughs> from Chicago to Phoenix. So Stapled a $20 bill to your collar and said, good luck, kid. Yeah, they paid the, they gave the porter 20 bucks and my dad said, watch, watch my daughter take care of her. And uh, off I went to Phoenix on a three day, three night or two night train ride on the old Santa Fe Super Chief. That's how old I am. All right, Sherry, I'm out of here. We'll talk to you next week. Yeah, well, have fun in Salt Lake City and just do me a favor. No skiing and don't break any limbs this time. (laughs) This time, yeah. (laughs) See you later. Okay, bye. If you have an Amazon Alexa-enabled device, ask her to enable the Cruise Radio News skill so you can get daily updates anytime straight from Cruise Radio. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker from my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Cruise Radio. Maintaining our global reach. Listen live at cruiseradio.net.
All right. Let's talk vaccines. So the FDA gave their approval for Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine on Friday evening. And then Wednesday morning, the CDC gave their blessing for the vaccine. Joining us now to talk all about the vaccine and what we might see surrounding the vaccine with cruising is staff writer Richard Sims. Hey, buddy. Hey, how are you? So good news, there's a vaccine, but some people aren't thrilled to hear that cruise lines are considering making it a legal requirement to get one before boarding. What's this about? Yeah, you know, we have been waiting and waiting and waiting for a vaccine. Um, This is such positive news, and we've definitely seen it reflected in the cruise stocks. You know, as soon as the vaccine started started rolling out, the stocks started going up again. And you can't turn on the news without seeing – I just last night I was watching – the first person in New Jersey get a vaccine. We've seen it coming out of England for a week or so now because they started getting it earlier. So, you know, the vaccine is here and it's coming out. But Frank Del Rio, during a recent Zoom call with uh, some industry people, basically said that Norwegian is sort of looking at the idea of possibly making it a legal requirement that you cannot get on a cruise ship without being able to, you know, to, to, to provide proof of vaccination. A lot of people were surprised by this. I'm kind of, I'm surprised that people were surprised by this because it's the best way possible for a cruise line to protect itself against, you know, the, the, the worst case scenario of an outbreak on board is if you can make sure that 100% of the people on board have been vaccinated and the vaccine is, you know, 90, 95% effective, then that would seem to indicate that you have a very, very good chance of preventing outbreaks from happening on board. But This being the country that we live in, there are a lot of people who are not particularly thrilled with this idea because they, you know, there's a lot of people who don't want to put, want to get a vaccine, first of all. They don't even want like, you know, polio vaccines or any other because they just, they don't believe that they work. They, they question the side effects that they might have. Um, They, they just think it's their right not to have it. And that's probably very true. The question will become, does the cruise line have the right to say, yes, it's your right not to have this vaccine if you are worried about its, you know, the effects it might have on you, because it is something that was pushed through fairly quickly. And there are people who are concerned that there haven't been long-term studies. Um, So the cruise line will be put in a position of saying, yes, you have the right not to get the vaccine. But if you choose that, we have the right not to allow you to set sail. It's a really interesting legal argument, and I'll be interested to see if any cruise line puts this into effect. The first thing you can expect is to see appeals. You know, some lawyer is out there already preparing a case to sue the cruise lines and say, you can't make me get a vaccine to get on board. Personally, I will get the vaccine the second they, you know, if anybody walks past me with a needle, I will throw myself on it. And any cruise line that wants to tell me that I have to have it to get on board, I'm perfectly happy to. I see it as, you know, a pretty, to me personally, a pretty low cost of being able to get back to doing something that I really love. Some people are saying that if the cruise lines try to move forward with this, they'll lose a massive amount of business. Some people are even saying that they'll possibly go under this. I mean, does this even seem likely? No, not at all. And one of the ways you can see that this isn't going to happen is Let's put it this way. Do I think they will lose um, business because of this? Yes. All you have to do is look at sort of the message boards, um, Facebook. After we first ran a story about the possibility of cruise lines making it 
you know, trying to make it that you legally have to have a shot in order to get on board. We saw tons of comments on the Facebook page, probably half of which were people saying, I will not cruise under these conditions. It's the same thing that we saw when people have been told you might have to wear a mask on board. People have said, I will not cruise as long as you have to wear a mask, even part of the time on board. Yes, there are a lot of people who will say, I'm not going to cruise. But we also know there is, as they keep referring to it, this pent up desire to cruise. I mean, when Royal Caribbean put out their call for volunteers. They got like, what, 150,000 people signing up mm-hmm. as volunteers for the simulated sailings. Uh, and that was just in the first week or two. So it's also worth noting that the cruise lines aren't going to be coming back with all of their fleet. So, you know, Carnival or um, Norwegian has, what, 26 ships in its fleet, I believe. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be coming back with all 26 ships at once. So they even if they do take a hit from the number of people wanting to cruise, there will certainly be enough to fill these early ships, which are also going to be sailing at limited capacity. So, you know, they may take a hit in so far as how many people want to cruise, but it'll all balance out and it'll be temporary because God willing by like, you know, say the end of 2021 or the beginning of 22, none of this will be an issue anymore. And, and those people who are, you know, saying they're not going to cruise until these conditions go away. Well, those conditions will go away and they can get back to cruising. So I don't think that, that, even if they do take a hit from people saying I'm not cruising, it won't be a big enough hit that it's going to have an actual impact on them. And it can't possibly have a worse impact than the last eight months of no sailing at all had. Actually, I mean, it does also seem like, you know, yeah, some people may drop off, but you actually could pick some new people up as well. Oh, certainly. You know, like, for example, let's say you want to do a vacation and you were thinking about going to Disney World, but you're like, you know, I'm a little nervous about it because, you know, there, you know, there's a million people and blah, blah, blah. And they're not requiring a vaccine. Well, I can get on a cruise ship and I know that they're taking all these precautions. I know they have all the health and safety protocols in place and they're legally requiring a vaccine. Well, that's the trip that I'm going to take because I feel safer doing that. Plus, as the cruise lines begin rolling out, you know, um, once once they are sailing out of more ports, originally they're only going to sail mostly out of Florida, but slowly but surely they'll start sailing out of other ports. You know, the um, Carnival has already talked about um, uh, the next port that it'll look out at outside of Florida is Galveston, Texas. They'll also be sailing out of other ports. It, there will be a lot of people who can take a trip without flying somewhere. You know, they can just drive to the to the port, get on a ship where they know everybody around them has been vaccinated. That's going to be a really appealing prospect to people who might not have even thought about cruising before. So what is this immunity? Listen, to my voice got really high there. Wow. I'm going through know, puberty wow. all over again. What about this immunity passport that we keep hearing about? Um, you know, this is something that I personally do not think we should be paying a lot of attention to. For one thing, the World Health Organization has been pretty vocal for quite a while about the fact that this is just not something that that we should consider. For the most part, when we talk about immunity passports, what we're talking about is not proof of vaccination, but proof that you had COVID, whether you have an antibody test or you have medical records that prove that you already had it and recovered. The theory being that once you've had it and recovered, you can't get it again. But 
you know, we're so early in the stages of this. I know it seems like it's been going on forever, but if you look at, you know, the lifespan of a virus, it's not really all that far. And so we don't have definitive proof that you can't catch it again. There have been scattered reports of people who, you know, we think have had it twice. So while an immunity passport sounds you know, like it, it's a it's a nice buzzword, but I don't think it's something that that is necessarily going to prove really useful in these situations because there's so little known about it. And like I said, the World Health Organization, we're not even talking the CDC here. We're talking the WHO. They, you know, they they kind of suggest that this is not something we should focus on. Well, obviously, every effort is being made to keep the virus off the ships. But last week on uh, Quantum of the Seas, we got to look at what could happen if someone on board did test positive. What can we learn from that? I think the biggest takeaway from it is that it was a false positive. This was on Quantum of the Seas. It was one of the first sailings that um, Royal Caribbean is doing out of Singapore. They're doing limited, you know, like basically cruise to nowheres. And I think it was two or three days into this short trip uh, they got a report that someone had tested positive on board. And immediately that person was put into quarantine. Royal Caribbean's been using these new tracelets. It's a technology that allows them to figure out who that person has been in the vicinity of so that they can be tested. Um, and it turned out that it was a false positive. But what really, the, I think the big takeaway here is the system worked exactly the way it's supposed to. You know, the person was was um, tested. Um, we don't really know all the details about exactly how things went down, like why this person, um, I, I believe what happened was they they weren't feeling well. They reported themselves to the medical facility on board, got tested, went into quarantine. Uh, by the time the ship got back, um, they, they basically knew that the test was a false positive. So, yeah, you know, this is exactly what we've been working toward. This is what all of the health and safety protocols are about. This is what the test sailings are going to be, you know, um, making sure happens. It's all built toward things working exactly the way they did. I know that, um, you know, if there's anything that bothers me about this, here it is. When the person on board the ship tested positive, it was in every mainstream outlet. What you didn't see was two days later, those same mainstream outlets reporting, oh, you know what? That was a false positive and the system worked. Mm -hmm. I really was very upset about that because, you know, the cruise industry is is the dog that they love to kick when he's down, but they don't go back and correct the story when it turns out – I shouldn't say correct because their initial stories were not inaccurate. But they didn't do the follow-up, which was, yeah, this is this is actually good news. So that annoyed me, but otherwise, everything about it worked exactly the way it was supposed to. Yeah, and speaking of reporting, like there is a potential – COVID outbreak happening at a Sandals resort in Granada right now in the Southern Caribbean. And I think the only person reporting on that, the only um, news outlet is Travel Weekly. Like you're not seeing anything, but you know, if it was a cruise ship all over the headlines. Oh yeah. It would be the lead story on, or at least the secondary story on major outlets. Um, because again, you know, the, the cruise industry had the unfortunate misfortune. Is that how you say it? Unfortunate misfortune? Well, that's what we're saying. Mm -hmm. They were in the unfortunate position of having the Diamond Princess, that whole, you know, the outbreak on board and, and those passengers being kept on board when they really, we now know, should have been taken off the ship and put into individual quarantine. All of that happened at the beginning of the 
outbreak. And so as a result, the cruise industry sort of became the face of this virus. And now, you know, we don't hear about it. We don't hear about the people who catch it from airplanes. We don't hear about it, uh, the people who catch it at other places. We really only hear about COVID outbreaks as they relate to cruise ships. So you're right. That's that's a story that should be out there, but won't be. Well, all the cruise lines are anxious to get back to sailing. If you were a betting man, which we all know that you are, which line would you put your money on coming back first? One billion percent carnival. If I had like a stack of chips in front of me and all the little cruise lines were on the the, the roulette table in front of me, I would put all of my chips on Carnival. Let's face it. Um, Carnival has been, you know, chomping at the bit to come back. I mean, they all have, but Carnival has been sort of at the forefront. They, you know, they've already brought back the Breeze and Horizon and they're getting them ready. And I guarantee you they have already put in their requests with the CDC to, you know, set a date to do their test sailings. Royal Caribbean will be right behind them. And, you know, there's a possibility that Royal could jump out ahead of them just because Royal does have the experience that they've already gained with um, with Quantum of the Seas, although Carnival also has the experiences that they've gained with AIDA. But yeah, my money is 100% on Carnival. I think that um, they not only are really anxious to return, but they've been pretty proactive in their approach toward it. And and it will really surprise me if anybody beats them to the punch. All right. Last question, I promise. What would you tell people who may be getting a cruise line gift card for Christmas? You know how they burn holes in your pocket? Let me tell you, I got a thousand dollar gift card sitting on my counter and it is, <laughs> as you said, burning a hole. I am booking something soon. Um, I would say it depends on the type of cruiser you are. If you are someone who is, you know, sort of like, okay with the idea of maybe having maybe having to get a vaccine maybe having to wear masks then you know look at spring look at march april may you know the early sailings that we're expecting to see i would also um, sort of give the caveat that that's true if you are a person who is okay with that sailing possibly being canceled you know i've had three or four canceled um and and it's not a fun feeling. We all know it. We all hate that another cruise gets canceled. So if you want to be super, super, you know, careful and not have your next one cancel, maybe look a little further out. If you are not someone who is okay with the idea of vaccines and masks and all that, then, you know, look at 2022, especially if you're someone who really wants to get back to cruising and really wants to support the cruise industry, but is still a little wary for whatever reason of doing it too soon. The heck with it, you know, vote, look way out, look at 2022. Some lines already have 2023 itineraries available. You'll have something to look forward to, but it will be far enough off that you can sort of wait until all of this initial madness passes and until everything is sort of by by then, hopefully back to normal. So that would be my advice. You know, book something. But when you book it will really depend on what type of cruiser you are and what your sort of what your tolerance level for these things is. Yes. All right. Staff writer Richard Sims, as always, thank you, my friend. Thanks for having me. All right, Dougie. Let's see what we got here, buddy. Ba, 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 da, ba, da. Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida. For partnership opportunities, email Doug at cruiseradio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net. 
I'm your announcer.